Chapter sixty nine of the Man in the Iron Mask by Alexander Dumas, translated by William Robson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The White Horse and the Black. That is rather surprising, said D'Artagnan. Corvie running about the streets so gaily, when he is almost certain that Monsieur Fouquet is in danger when it is almost equally certain that it was Gourville who warned Monsieur Fouquet just now by the note that was torn into a thousand pieces upon the terrace and given to the winds by Monsieur le Surintendant. Gourville is rubbing his hands. That is because he has done something clever. Whence comes Monsieur Gourville? Gourville is coming from the Rue aux Herbes. Whither does the Rue aux Herbes lead? And D'Artagnan followed along the tops of the houses of Nantes, dominated by the castle the line traced by the streets as he would have done upon a topographical plan only instead of the dead flat paper the living chart rose in relief with the cries the movements and the shadows of men and things beyond the enclosure of the city the great verdant plains stretched out bordering the loire and appeared to run toward the pink horizon which was cut by the azure of the waters and the dark green of the marshes Immediately outside the gates of Nantes, two white roads were seen diverging, like separate fingers of a gigantic hand. D'Artagnan, who had taken in all the panorama at a glance by crossing the terrace, was led by the line of the Rue aux Herbes to the mouth of one of those roads, which took its rise under the gates of Nantes. One step more, and he was about to descend the stairs, take his trellised carriage, and go toward the lodgings of Monsieur Fouquet. But chance decreed at the moment of plunging into the staircase that he was attracted by a moving point then gaining ground upon that road what is that said the musketeer to himself a horse galloping a runaway horse no doubt what a rate he is going at the moving point became detached from the road and entered into the fields a white horse continued the captain, who had just observed the color thrown luminously against the dark ground. "'And he is mounted. It must be some boy whose horse is thirsty and has run away with him.' These reflections, rapid as lightning, simultaneous with visual perception, D'Artagnan had already forgotten when he descended the first steps of the staircase. Some morsels of paper were spread over the stairs and shone out white against the dirty stones. <laughs> said the captain to himself. Here are some of the fragments of the note torn by Monsieur Fouquet. Poor man! He has given his secret to the wind. The wind will have no more to do with it, and brings it back to the king. Decidedly, Fouquet, you play with misfortune. The game is not a fair one. Fortune is against you. The star of Louis the Fourteenth obscures yours. The adder is stronger and more cunning than the squirrel. D'Artagnan picked up one of the morsels of paper as he descended. "'Gourvie's pretty little hand!' cried he, whilst examining one of the fragments of the note. "'I was not mistaken.' And he read the word horse. "'Stop!' said he, and he examined another upon which there was not a letter traced. Upon a third he read the word white. "'White. Horse!' repeated he like a child that is spelling ha mordieu cried the suspicious spirit a white horse 
and like that grain of powder which burning dilates into ten thousand times its volume d'artagnan enlightened by ideas and suspicions rapidly reascended the stairs toward the terrace the white horse was still galloping in the direction of the loire at the extremity of which melting into the vapors of the water a little sail appeared wave balanced like a water butterfly oh cried the musketeer only a man who wants to fly would go at that pace across ploughed lands there is but one fouquet a financier to ride thus in open day upon a white horse there is no one but the lord of belle-isle who would make his escape toward the sea while there are such thick forests on land and there is but one d'artagnan in the world to catch monsieur fouquet who has half an hour's start and who will have gained his boat within an hour this being said the musketeer gave orders that the carriage with the iron trellis should be taken immediately to a thicket situated just outside the city he selected his best horse jumped upon his back galloped along the rue herbe taking not the road fouquet had taken but the bank itself of the loire certain that he should gain ten minutes upon the total distance and at the intersection of the two lines come up with the fugitive who could have no suspicion of being pursued in that direction in the rapidity of the pursuit and with the impatience of the avenger animating himself as in war d'artagnan so mild so kind toward fouquet was surprised to find himself becoming ferocious almost sanguinary for a long time he galloped without catching sight of the white horse his rage assumed fury he doubted himself he suspected that fouquet had buried himself in some subterranean road or that he had changed the white horse for one of those famous black ones as swift as the wind which d'artagnan at saint mand had so frequently admired and envied for their vigor and their fleetness at such moments when the wind cut his eyes so as to make the tears spring from them when the saddle had become burning hot when the galled and spurred horse reared with pain and threw behind him a shower of dust and stones d'artagnan raising himself up in his stirrups and seeing nothing on the waters nothing beneath the trees looked up into the air like a madman he was losing his senses in the paroxysms of eagerness he dreamt of aerial ways the discovery of following centuries he called to his mind daedalus and the vast wings that had saved him from the prisons of crete a hoarse sigh broke from his lips as he repeated devoured by the fear of ridicule i i duped by a corvee i they will say that i am growing old they will say i have received a million to allow fouquet to escape and he again dug his spurs into the sides of his horse he had ridden astonishingly fast suddenly at the extremity of some open pasture ground behind the hedges he saw a white form which showed itself disappeared and at last remained distinctly visible against the rising ground d'artagnan's heart leaped with joy he wiped the streaming sweat from his brow relaxed the tension of his knees by which the horse breathed more freely and gathering up his reins moderated the speed of the vigorous animal his active accomplice on this manhunt he had then time to study the direction of the road and his position with regard to fouquet the superintendent had completely winded his horse by crossing the soft ground he felt the necessity of gaining a firmer footing and turned toward the road by the shortest secret line d'artagnan on his part had nothing to do but to ride straight on concealed by the sloping shore so that he would cut his quarry off the road when he came up with him 
then the real race would begin then the struggle would be in earnest d'artagnan gave his horse good breathing time he observed that the superintendent had relaxed into a trot which was to say he too was favoring his horse but both of them were too much pressed for time to allow them to continue long at that pace the white horse sprang off like an arrow the moment his feet touched firm ground d'artagnan dropped his head and his black horse broke into a gallop both followed the same route the quadruple echoes of this new race-course were confounded fouquet had not yet perceived d'artagnan but on issuing from the slope a single echo struck the air it was that of the steps of d'artagnan's horse which rolled along like thunder fouquet turned round and saw behind him within a hundred paces his enemy bent over the neck of his horse there could be no doubt the shining baldric the red cassock it was a musketeer fouquet slackened his hand likewise and the white horse placed twenty feet more between his adversary and himself oh but thought d'artagnan becoming very anxious that is not a common horse monsieur fouquet is upon let us see and he attentively examined with his infallible eye the shape and capabilities of the courser round full quarters a thin long tail large hocks thin legs as dry as bars of steel hoofs hard as marble he spurred his own but the distance between the two remained the same d'artagnan listened attentively not a breath of the horse reached him and yet he seemed to cut the air the black horse on the contrary began to puff like any blacksmith's bellows i must overtake him if i kill my horse thought the musketeer and he began to saw the mouth of the poor animal whilst he buried the rowels of his merciless spurs into his sides the maddened horse gained twenty toises and came up within pistol-shot of fouquet courage said the musketeer to himself courage the white horse will perhaps grow weaker and if the horse does not fall the master must pull up at last but the horse and rider remained upright together gaining ground by difficult degrees d'artagnan uttered a wild cry which made fouquet turn round and added speed to the white horse a famous horse a mad rider growled the captain hola mordieu monsieur fouquet stop in the king's name fouquet made no reply do you hear me shouted d'artagnan whose horse had just stumbled pardieu replied fouquet laconically and rode on faster d'artagnan was nearly mad the blood rushed boiling to his temples and his eyes in the king's name cried he again stop or i will bring you down with a pistol shot do replied fouquet without relaxing his speed d'artagnan seized a pistol and cocked it hoping that the double click of the spring would stop his enemy you have pistols likewise said he turn and defend yourself fouquet did turn round at the noise and looking d'artagnan full in the face opened with his right hand the part of his dress which concealed his body but he did not even touch his holsters they were not more than twenty paces between the two mordieu said d'artagnan i will not assassinate you if you will not fire upon me surrender what is a prison i would rather die replied fouquet i shall suffer less d'artagnan drunk with despair hurled his pistol to the ground i will take you alive said he 
and by a prodigy of skill which this incomparable horseman alone was capable he threw his horse forward to within ten paces of the white horse already his hand was stretched out to seize his prey kill me kill me cried fouquet twould be more humane no alive alive murmured the captain at this moment his horse made a false step for the second time and fouquet's again took the lead it was an unheard-of spectacle this race between two horses which now only kept alive by the will of their riders it might be said that d'artagnan rode carrying his horse along between his knees to the furious gallop had succeeded the fast trot and that had sunk to what might be scarcely called a trot at all but the chase appeared equally warm in the two fatigued athletes. d'artagnan quite in despair seized his second pistol and cocked it at your horse not at you cried he to fouquet and he fired the animal was hit in the quarters he made a furious bound and plunged forward at that moment d'artagnan's horse fell dead i am dishonored thought the musketeer i am a miserable wretch for pity's sake monsieur fouquet throw me one of your pistols that i may blow out my brains but fouquet rode away for mercy's sake for mercy's sake cried d'artagnan that which you will not do at this moment i will do myself within an hour but here upon this road i should die bravely i should die esteemed do me that service monsieur fouquet monsieur fouquet made no reply but continued to trot on d'artagnan began to run after his enemy successively he threw away his hat his coat which embarrassed him and then the sheath of his sword which got between his legs as he was running the sword in his hand itself became too heavy and he threw it after the sheath the white horse began to rattle in its throat d'artagnan gained upon him from a trot the exhausted animal sunk to a staggering walk the foam from his mouth was mixed with blood d'artagnan made a desperate effort sprang toward fouquet and seized him by the legs saying in a broken breathless voice i arrest you in the king's name blow out my brains if you like we have both done our duty fouquet hurled far from him into the river the two pistols d'artagnan might have seized and dismounting from his horse i am your prisoner monsieur said he will you take my arm for i see you are ready to faint thanks murmured d'artagnan who in fact felt the earth sliding from under his feet and the light of day turning to blackness around him then he rolled upon the sand without breath or strength fouquet hastened to the brink of the river dipped some water in his hat with which he bathed the temples of the musketeer and introduced a few drop between his lips d'artagnan raised himself with difficulty and looked about him with a wandering eye he beheld fouquet on his knees with his wet hat in his hand smiling upon him with ineffable sweetness you are not off then cried he oh monsieur the true king of royalty in heart and soul is not louis of the louvre or philippe of saint marguerite it is you proscribed condemned i who this day am ruined by a single error monsieur d'artagnan what in the name of heaven is that i should have had you for a friend 
but now shall we return to nantes we are a great way from it that is true said d'artagnan gloomily the white horse will recover perhaps he is a good horse mount monsieur d'artagnan i will walk till you have rested a little poor beast and wounded too said the musketeer he will go i tell you i know him but we can do better still let us both get up and ride slowly we can try said the captain but they had scarcely charged the animal with this double load when he began to stagger and then with a great effort walked a few minutes then staggered again and sank down dead by the side of the black horse which he had just managed to come up to we will go on foot destiny wills it so the walk will be pleasant said fouquet passing his arm through that of d'artagnan mordieu cried the latter with a fixed eye a contracted brow and a swelling heart what a disgraceful day they walked slowly the four leagues which separated them from the little wood behind which the carriage and escort were in waiting when fouquet perceived that sinister machine he said to d'artagnan who cast down his eyes ashamed of louis the fourteenth there is an idea that did not emanate from a brave man captain d'artagnan it is not yours what are these gratings for said he to prevent your throwing letters out ingenious but you can speak if you cannot write said d'artagnan can i speak to you why certainly if you wish to do so fouquet reflected for a moment then looking the captain full in the face one single word said he will you remember it i will not forget it will you speak it to whom i wish i will saint mand articulated fouquet in a low voice well and for whom for madame de belliere or pelisson it shall be done the carriage rolled through nantes and took the route to angers end of chapter 69 recording by john van stan savannah georgia